Hey guys, welcome back to Millennial Mirrors, a discussion on millennial life in the Middle East. It has been a roller coaster ride since season one, guys. Um, I started a podcast media production company with my co-founder. You can listen to that on another podcast called Yella. I'll link it in the episode description so I don't bore you with the details. But I just really wanted to thank everyone who listened and rated and commented on season one. It's thanks to you guys that we could take all those numbers, all those ratings and comments, go out and get sponsorship for season two and make season two happen. So thanks so much for that. This season is going to be bigger with even more guests, some roundtable discussions, and I asked you guys what you wanted me to talk about, and we included a bunch of your suggestions in the episode, so thanks so much for those ideas. And as for this episode, we've got a cool one for you. We have Enes Bukhesh, an entrepreneur who works in social media, and we discuss things such as digital identity, being judgmental, and how to be more accepting. So I hope you like it, and forgive me if I'm a little rusty, it has been a while. This episode is sponsored by Carriage, the great app for ordering what you need in a super convenient way. With no minimum orders, you could literally just order a cup of coffee. Hi, Anas. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. Thank you for having me. Um, can you just give us a little introduction about yourself for people who might be listening, who might not it's, know who Anas Rukhesh is? <laughs> but I think I can, I've been always trying to simplify it. Yeah. Because I think all of us do too many things in today's world, but I think it's between an entrepreneur because mm-hmm. I have four different startups and then uh, a speaker but the definition of speaker is maybe more that I bring up social topics mm-hmm. that I do motivational talks and I do some interviews so maybe in that but not a typical motivation full-time speaker you know? okay yeah 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 no all right cool um and so today's topic is about digital identity and I know one of your Businesses focuses around uh, social media influencers, and you yourself have quite a following in the digital space. Yeah. Uh, so I guess let's start out a bit wide, broad. and then broad, and then kind yeah. of narrow in. Yeah. Um, what does the word identity mean to you? Identity is, I guess, um, who you are. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, sometimes people have a complete disconnect between their digital identity and their true self, and when you right. meet them, you're like, oh. I didn't know you were this and that because I thought by looking at your online CV, it's not you. But sometimes they complement each other, and I like when they do. Uh, But no matter how true also you are online, Mm -hmm. uh, I think people forget that it's it's a moment of your day. It's not your day. Right. It's the best picture out of the 17 pictures you took at a restaurant, and it's the best moment, and... It's not the blurry one, and it's the sound is great. So, and people, I think, uh, don't sit down and think these are the best moments of that human being that I'm following. Yeah, it's not yeah, when yeah. they're stressed or annoyed or depressed or going through something. Because once people go through something, they don't post anymore. Right. Uh, so I think it's you really need to understand and know that that's not the whole person. So, yeah, I mean, I think now in today's day, you have the digital identity and then you have like your actual identity. And I think, I mean, what's your opinion in terms of how to balance those two things, I guess? My my advice is just to be true to yourself. I mean, if I posted on my story or a snap that I'm working at 3 a.m., which is something that is often I do, mm-hmm. people, some people will message me like, oh, you're just faking it. You're just taking a picture, an old picture and posting it. I'm like, no. I am actually working at that time. I'm not here to get your 
approval. Okay. It's just my lifestyle, whether it's nice or not. I think that's what people should focus on. Unfortunately, it's not really the case. I mean, some bizarre idea that I heard uh, last year or before is that some of the fashionista influencers, mm -hmm. when they buy high high end uh, brand, you know, they put it in a plastic bag or right. a carton bag or whatever. They would keep them so that they can take way more pictures with empty bags. It looks like they went shopping. Oh, and wow. I found okay. that shocking. <laughs> not, okay, maybe shocking is not the right word, but it, I found it sad. Right. That why do you think you have to take 10 pictures with the same plastic bag from one shopping just to show that you keep going shopping? Why are you so peer pressured? People will not like you if you didn't go shopping? I don't, I don't get it. So, I mean, I think what you're talking about is how digital identity has become so important that people are willing to go to extremes yeah. to kind of create this digital identity. There is supposedly in Russia a rental private jet that doesn't even have engines, I think. Yeah, they just go in and you take I photos mean, and I saw that online. Imagine you do a full, full photo shoot. How sad is that? I remember once I posted um, a picture with the kids and my brother. We were on, a, on the economy uh, tickets. Mm-hmm. And then I get a comment in my direct, and they're like, Anas, we don't get you. One day you're in a private jet, one day first, and now economy. What's going on? And I'm like, so what? Right. If I can go economy, I will go. It doesn't matter. Also, if I'm only on business and first I post, and on economy I don't, that's what you want? <laughs> I, like, why not? What's so bad about being on any level? It doesn't matter. So what, are you, what do you think the conflicts are that happen between, I guess, authenticity and digital identity? See, if we if we really go to what you said and really take a broad view, mm. uh, is social media uh, instigator? Does it create fakeness, or are these people originally fake but they just magnified it? You know, okay. that's a very important question. I asked this also on Instagram. I'm like, does uh, social media show something that's already in you, mm -hmm. but it's just times ten, but it's there, or it created it in you? So. So what now do you I'm think? asking the question. <laughs> what do you think, first of all? I think the, the characteristic is already there. I think it's the tool that magnifies it. So let's say somebody is uh, obsessed about something. Social media just made them obsessed way more. If somebody, let's say, is a cheat, which is a big topic, mm -hmm. and he always wants to play around and cheat, it just gave him a tool. Yeah. But he is one. Whether it's there or not, maybe he does it on a much lower level. Right. But now it's much easier for him. Uh, the same goes if somebody's fake. Somebody wants to show that he's rich and he wants to rent the red carpet and whatnot. It just multiplied it now. But he always was that. It just He just needed that little tool that will help him. I mean, I think there is something to be said to, to how it enables you to kind of turn into that. Because there is a direct reward. If you post the that, dopamine, yeah, yeah. If you post that perfect picture, that picture gets more likes. Yeah. That those more likes will give you that dopamine hit, mm -hmm. which then makes you want to do it more. So to a certain extent, I, I mean, I think it will definitely bring out the worst in you if you allow it. Yes. Um, but then when you say it brings out the worst, does that mean there was something little there that I just tapped into, or it never existed and it suddenly I like it? Oh, ooh. Uh, I mean. Learned behavior versus you're born that way. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it tricky. it's a tricky it's, question. It's a tricky question, yeah. Even sometimes if we're very honest with ourselves, we don't know 
Is it something that's been dormant and now is just awakened and we, we realize we like this type of attention or this type of behavior? Or is it something that we just learned? So here's a question for you. I mean, generally in our, in the Middle East, we're always taught that, you know, what happens at home and what happens in your personal life and all of that is kept in a, in a separate space. And then the face you show to society, there needs to be a specific kind of elevation to that kind of uh, image. Uh, so don't you think that was already happening before social media jumped in anyway? Yeah, absolutely. And, so, and that's kind of what I told, uh, what we t- I tried to bring up is if we remove the digital aspect, it, it all was these happening. behaviors, it was happening, yeah. but at a, mo- a smaller scale. If you went to a majlis or you went to uh, a certain press conference or a certain event, all these characteristics were there. It's just now it's digital. That's it. So, but and also in the Arab world, it's way more sensitive. Yeah, you know, yeah. can you really express yourself? I mean, a lot of the shit that I do, I don't know if I can swear. By yeah, the way, okay. Fine. okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> a lot of the, what I do is considered maybe sometimes too comfortable, or too frank, or too blunt. And but that's me. And that's so, what's how, too comfortable? Like I, I was on TV recently, mm-hmm. and. Uh, It was a very formal um, Emirati channel. And I love the host. Very cool guy. But I went in ripped jeans and a ponytail. So to somebody in the West world, we'll be like, Anas, so what? It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, clap, clap. But in our society, it's, you know, Anas is Emirati. Why didn't he go in a ghutra? Why didn't he go? And then I told him, and I, I told him, I didn't plan this, but I was literally leaving the house. I'm like, what should I wear? I just wore something that I would probably always do. I wanted to be comfortable. But then I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let me just be myself. Right. This is me. Like, you will see me like this in a supermarket. So yeah. why am I trying to suddenly... I don't need to go all that way just to... And I said, there is a beauty in the kandora. Mm-hmm. And I love wearing it. Yesterday I was wearing it, for example. Yeah. And then sometimes I want to wear my shorts. and some, So why are we so picky on each other that you feel you can't even breathe. Like, who cares what you wear? Who cares if somebody has a tattoo? Who cares if somebody has an earring? It's it's you. As long as you're a good human and you're uh, behaving well and you're treating people with respect, then it doesn't matter. So it seems like there's a lot of frustration that you're kind of getting from being... A public figure and having a digital no, okay maybe <laughs> maybe because also you're viewing me so I, I cannot just counter you um, there probably is that side of frustration because I'm trying to make it okay mm-hmm. for people to be themselves so it comes out of something but does that mean I'm really frustrated in my life no like the negative comments I get are probably one out of 50 which is not bad at all yeah uh, I'm sure behind my back I, there's way more that I don't hear about and Okay, I do hear sometimes that, oh, this group said this and this. But it comes with the package. I think you can relate. Yeah. I, I, I don't know you well, but looking at you and how you're <laughs> even carrying yourself, I'm sure you get me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we are not the, the what's the default? <laughs> yeah, yeah. A typical yeah. maybe person. But then that's the beauty of being a human. Yeah. So is it frustration? Maybe there is a bit of that. But it's also about really trying to change a mentality And trying to be easy on ourselves. And I was telling the host, uh, and I'm going to tell you now, instead of us, while we were picking on who wore what and yeah. who said what, other countries were creating technologies and going to the moon. And we're talking about the silliest behaviors that 
honestly, if you really take a back step, it doesn't matter. Mm. It doesn't make any difference in anybody's life. We're not going to progress. We're not going to evolve if somebody wore jeans or short shorts. What what does it do to you? Okay. So I think as people, and I love my people, and I always want us to progress, we need to calm down on each other and not hate on each other so much and just let people be and express themselves. And sometimes, you know, when we travel to other countries, we see that. Of yeah. course, the other countries have a lot of negative shit too. Yeah. But some of the positive side you have to take. So then, I guess, be yourself, be comfortable, you know, be you. So in terms of your digital identity, mm-hmm. how much effort or time do you put into curating it? I'm very uh, critical, Mishari, and wide of myself and my content because I really don't like being a hypocrite. Mm-hmm. Really, it's a very sore thing for me. I see it too often. Around me. I think maybe we can safely say every human being has a bit of a hip- hypocrite. You could mm. say, oh, I am so strict with my uh, diet, whatever, and then you break it. So are you a hypocrite there? Maybe not per se, but like double standard or whatever. Or I you think slip everybody every has, once in a while. Yeah. yeah, everybody has a certain, or they say something or they preach something, but they, they don't end up doing it. Right. But that's where I really uh, pile up the pressure on myself like Anas if you're going to one of my rules for myself if I'm going to say something behind your back I will tell it to your face it's right. my own rule so if I say Mishari kada 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 if I see you I'll tell you Mishari one two and three I should not be uttering words that I'm not willing to tell you to your face mm-hmm. so this is my own per- principle so going back to your question my content should reflect who I really am but if I summarize my content it's glimpses which is a lot focused on thought, mm-hmm. focused on who I know. So whether it's a celebrity or an influencer, because this is my business. Right. And then you see a lot of personal, me and my brothers, me and friends. And I think it revol- those are what it revolves around. And the music is new and I love music. I've always loved music. So all of them are organic, even right. the questions. I just always had questions in my head. And what made you choose to do them in both English and Arabic? That's an interesting question because... Uh, Three days ago, I was at the Instagram office and we discussed this exact thing. Okay. And um, first, it was only Arabic. Right. With, with the caption, I remember, because Instagram had it at 15 seconds at the beginning. Right. So it was a quick, imagine 15 seconds, like, ta, 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 just so quick. And yeah. in the caption, I would write the English. Okay. Then I was like, then the album thing came that you can put yeah, more than. Can and I'm yeah. like, you know, a lot of my audience is like, can you, I'd love to hear how you, and of course, when we talk, my energy is very different. When you talk right. to me and I listen to you and I look at you, I'm like, okay, I feel it more. So I'm like, let me do it in English. But then the album feature does not go to explore. So you never get that added value. Ah, uh, okay, yeah. So at one point I was thinking like, should I just do Arabic or khalas maybe? But then my mother put me in my place. I always, I'll ask her usually these things. And I'm like, da 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 you know, it doesn't get way more exposure doesn't reach more people because it's an album format and she goes Anas why are you doing it I'm like to help people she's like I think that answers your question which I'm like yeah you know I want there are people who only speak English there are Arabs who only speak English or they will try to listen to me in Arabic but they don't connect as much as the English so you look at the comments it's literally a mix Arab, Inglesi and it's just maximizing if I can affect one person out of a hundred, why not? Okay. Yeah. And did you get any kind of, I guess, 
pushback for why are you doing it in English? Why aren't you? No, I become this like one guy in the mall. Some one start uh, looked at me. He's like, and he started using his finger. You know, when you move on, he's like, ah, oh, mm. you're the Arabic English guy, and he's swiping. <laughs> so it became a thing, I guess. Okay, but I'm I'm uh, evolving it now. All right, uh, in the next post, actually, I think it will. I'm gonna do it on IGTV. Ah, very cool. Because IGTV, we have control of the time. I can yeah. say English starts at this time, and I can even go a bit longer than one minute. Ah, oh, okay. So very I'll nice. try that out now. Cool. Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and then be back for more with Enes Bukhesh. Uh Be right back, guys. This episode is sponsored by Carriage UAE, where you can get everything from food to groceries and even pet supplies. As someone who orders pretty much everything, I pay a lot in delivery charges every month. But now you can sign up for Carriage Black for 20 dirhams a month and get unlimited free deliveries, which saves me a bunch of money so I can order even more stuff. If you haven't tried it out yet, go to your app store and download the Carriage app. And for our UAE listeners, use code UAE30 for 30 dirhams off your next two orders. Check out the episode description of this podcast for more info. And we're back with Anas. Okay, so what effect do you think having a digital identity as well as a real-life identity has had on our generation? Huge. I think it's huge. It's a lot of peer pressure and... I when were you born which year 85 I'm 81 I think the peer pressures uh, me and you dealt with are very different like I don't know if we can even relate to the current generation we can be like yeah you know when we were young it was so cool and so simple we can say that but it doesn't matter yeah because it doesn't apply anymore and it's very bad when you try to make your kids or your brothers be like you were it's never gonna happen doesn't work <laughs> but uh, I think they're really pressured I think depression, I don't know, this is a wild guess. I'm pretty sure it's more than in our time with young kids. And uh, I don't know, we were, I'm sure we were always out. Yeah. I swear I was not home. I would come back from school, have lunch, be outside till Maghrib, and then I'm back. This was my daily. Yeah. I, it didn't, until we got like Atari maybe, like, and even yeah, that, yeah. It's, it was not the type that will consume you. For hours, it doesn't. The games weren't designed that way. Today, they're so hooked to these games. They're so hooked to entertainment and and these shows. And I don't know. It makes you lonely. Yeah. Like so- social media is not very social. Yeah, it's the complete opposite. You're just sitting there yeah. looking at like what other people are doing with their yeah. lives. And if you're hooked yeah. to it, you're not social. But if you use it again, it's a tool, mm-hmm. a very addictive tool. So you really have to control it. But if you control it, it's very useful. I mean, we're doing a podcast that will go on social media. So it's a tool. And hopefully we're using it in the right way. But if all you follow is people who seem to be happy and people who seem to be rich and chilling, Mm -hmm. what is that doing to you? Yeah. It's not good. So So what are the parameters you set for yourself and how you use social media? Moderation is very important in general. Mm -hmm. I'm very scheduled in my life. Very. It can be maybe perceived as boring but even my non-scheduled time is scheduled because it starts at 9 p.m after 9 p.m i just do whatever you're like Atlantis, let's go for karaoke yeah, we go okay it's more flexible but before 9 p.m it's so balanced between work family some responsibilities but then after that i'm i'm more flexible so it's balanced. Even if I'm going to, we're talking about social media, I'll try to balance it. I will post probably once a day, a few stories here and there. And I get 
paid for. It's my business, right. you know, and PRing our business and PRing your podcast. And it's important for, for the world to get there. You can have the best podcast in the world, yeah. but if you don't market it. Nothing happens. Yeah, so <laughs> it goes hand in hand. And I try to balance. If if we're sit, sat on a table, it really annoys me if somebody's using, using their phone, especially if we're two people. Right. I mean, really? Yeah. Just go with, sit with your phone at home. But if uh, if you were a group and the I don't like extremism and anything. Okay. So if we're sat and a phone call, I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, you're going to take... No, take the phone call. Yeah. It can be your family. It can be work. It can be anything. But it's not while I'm chatting, you're liking pictures. You know, that's disrespectful, yeah. I think. Very much so. there so. is a middle. Was no. there any point when you found yourself kind of too deep in the hole of like social media and you realized, okay, no, like... No. I've gotten too uh, no. too obsessed or too I've into been, it. I've been with people who have to detox. Oh, really? Like a lot. I've noticed it's a thing. Like, oh, I deleted my Instagram for three months. For me, that's not a good sign. And he, one, one of the guys that we know recently said, you know, this is like my third time to shut down my Instagram. I'm like, oh, wow. you do realize by stating that, that you're telling me I'm not a person who can control myself. Yeah. That's yeah. what you're telling me. Yeah. But if you say, same with diets. Same with religion. Anything for me that goes to one side of the spectrum is not healthy at all. So try to, I mean, because if you're going to delete it at some stage, you're going to open it again, and then yeah. you'll probably get hooked again. And then, it's not the right cycle. Or you just switch from that app to another app. Because yeah. <laughs> you're not dealing with the problem. Yeah. So in terms of, I guess, our generation, how do you think we view identity different than, let's say, our parents' generation? So we're talking about me and your generation or the ones... No, me and you. How do you think we deal with it versus we, kind of... I think uh, our parents, most of them uh, reach the internet. So mm -hmm. maybe we're similar, similar-ish. Uh, because we had the no internet phase and then the internet phase. I think the big difference is with the ones that were born into social media, into uh, internet. That's the big difference. Maybe we can't relate 100% to our parents, but we kind of get it. Yeah, maybe sixty percent. We know what they mean when it's, they say let's play outside or let's do a barbecue. Yeah, yeah we yeah. get it. But you but think the, the current gen generation, the biggest generation, the biggest gap is between yeah. us and the coming yeah. like, generation. And of course, bigger with the ones who died before the internet, probably. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the current one is you're just born in it. You don't know else. You don't know otherwise, which is we don't. Me and you can't connect there. Yeah, you know. I think like, yeah, when I look at, for example, my nieces and nephews and kind of what they were born into and what they deal with, I'm like, thank God. Like, can you imagine having an Instagram account like when you were in high school? Yeah. Like, imagine. and put, posting photos that are going to follow you till you hit your 30s? Like, it's, it's crazy and you don't know whether it's good or bad. Look, for yeah. example, my son will tell me things that he's learned on YouTube that are, in, in when I was a, a retard compared to him. When I was his age, yeah, the info that he has is crazy. We were very programmed mm. to a huge degree. We were literally anything that we were taught thought that was the right manner of acting, behavior. Show haram, show halal, show what's aib, what's shameful, what's not shameful, what's etiquette. Everything was one source. Right today, they have thousands of sources and they're so well informed. So, in one aspect, I can say it's been great for them. But then there's the negative side also, the social side. and the Do you have any rules or guidelines for him? Uh, when they grow up, they can decide. No, no. And, uh, and the tricky thing with Majid was when he was very young, he was so funny because he would speak in proper Arabic, like classic Arabic, cartoon, musalsalat style. Yeah. Ah, okay. It's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> Captain Majid, and his name is Majid. And um, 
it was so funny and entertaining and he became really popular because we would post him talking or whatever and he became popular that people would recognize him mm. and then that's where um, uh, we said you know what um, we don't think we, we, I don't want a child celebrity his right. mother doesn't want him to be a child celebrity when he grows up if he likes social media sure but why am I forcing a child to be one without his proper choice right and that's what I'm against and I see that a lot on social media they have dedicated accounts to their kids of course they're going to make money and I shouldn't judge but I can say that for me I don't like it me it doesn't mean mm-hmm. it's right or wrong I wouldn't like it that's it Are there things you judge when you see them on social media? I think we all judge. <laughs> Anybody who says, no, I don't judge, yeah, it's yeah. all bullshit. Every human, you judged me when I came in today, I judged you. But what makes us mature or wise is we re- reduce and lower that hmm. by just saying, I don't know Mshari well enough to judge. I already made it a diet judgment by saying Mishari by, by the way might be very cool and might be very cunning I don't know mm. but time will tell experience and so, the more you think like that and you take a step back you deprogram yourself from all the things that you know I mean you go on a plane today at one stage it was so much against uh, Muslims and bearded people mm. that if Us as Muslims, we sat on a plane with a bearded Muslim who was chanting something to himself. He'd freak out because the media and the movies are all... T- and this is us as Muslims being afraid. Yeah, Imagine yeah, somebody yeah. who's not. So unless you sit down and be like, listen, that is a bad example of an extremist somewhere. It's not everybody. So the more we think like that and we, we judge less. Will we ever not judge at all? I don't think it's possible. I think it's also like there's... As a human being, you're designed to assess and judge whatever you look at. But the difference then lies in whether or not you accept it as it is or whether you kind of reject it just because it's different than you or it's something that you might not want to do mm. you know, and you don't like for yourself. Mm. Um, so I guess that would be my, yeah, I like my approach to it. I like the fact that we can look at things and say, to me, this is wrong. Mm. But it doesn't mean it should be wrong to everybody. And that's yeah. where ego is a big, big issue with a lot of people. Wallah, if they don't like it, everybody shouldn't like it. No, that's you. Yeah. It doesn't have to apply to everybody. And I think that's also one of the issues with people is if it doesn't bode well with them, they don't like it. Anything that's different or no, I don't accept it. Okay, you don't accept it for you, for your house. Do you think being a public figure and having people judge you has made you less judgmental because you kind of, or do you think you were always non-judgmental? Um... It's a good question. I think by traveling, I think traveling is a huge education. Yeah. I lived abroad, I studied abroad, and my friends are from everywhere. Mm. So I think the more you interact with people, you, the more you, you realize we're all the same, the more you travel and see different cultures and different levels of income and luxury or non-luxury, developing country, non-developing, you see, you, you learn And I think a lot can be learned when you experience rather than read or watch a documentary. I mean, today, human beings are numb yeah. to charity campaigns. They're absolutely numb. They'll see it, they'll be like, oh, so sweet, we need to... But after five minutes, they're back to doing whatever. But then you take them to a really poor country mm-hmm. where they have to worry about the water they drink, they have to worry about the malaria, they have to worry about getting poisoned or getting robbed. Yeah, It changes everything. Absolutely, just experiencing it with your body, you're like, shit, 
I miss my shampoo. I miss my <laughs> clean bed. And yeah. for me, I think a, uh, one of my most enriching jobs was at Dubai Cares because we used to focus on providing access to quality primary education. I still remember that. Yeah. Uh, in developing countries. So I would travel to Bangladesh, Mauritania, Yemen, Comoros, and being there and seeing how people are actually happy, by the way. Yeah. We have yeah. this perception like, oh, I'm sure they're miserable. No, they're not. They're chilling. But they're poor. Yeah. But they don't ask for as much as we ask in you know, luxurious countries and cities. But that changes you also. Yeah, no, I remember when I was in high school, we had to, I mean, we didn't have to. We went on a school trip to Nepal um, and we went on a trek in the mountains. And they warn, they told us, and the kids come up to you and they beg for a pen, not for money or anything. Because if they have a pen, then they're allowed to go to school. Wow. And luckily they'd warned us about this before we went. So all of us came like packing just boxes of pens, yeah. making it rain on these kids. Like, <laughs> with, like yeah. with the pens. But it really puts things in perspective. Here we are like 12 years old being taken on a school trip from our private school to Nepal and India to see the Taj Mahal and all of that. And here are these kids that like all they need is a pen in order for them to go to school. And it really put things in perspective. And, and we, I was lucky enough that we got to, to do quite a few of these trips. And now for my niece and nephews, it's like I always push them like as much as you get to travel on, the, on school trips or with your family to places that are not going to show you the same thing. Because it really shapes how you, how you kind of see the world. Mm. Because it's so easy, especially growing up in this region, to be in this bubble of privilege, I think. Absolutely. A comfort. Yeah. Absolutely. I was telling um, Nido, is a best friend of mine so since my Boston years, and he's living here now. And I was telling him, you know what? With our kids, everyone, once in two years, let's say, mm. we need to take them even for a weekend. Take them to a really poor country where yeah. I know one of those NGOs. We go, we volunteer, whatever. But suddenly I want them to see the complete different side. Because otherwise I can't blame my kids for being spoiled or too comfortable because that's all they know. Yeah. If they just go to London and they go to New York and L.A. and what am I expecting? Yeah. yeah. I'm stupid to expect otherwise. But if I take them and I'm like, now I'm enriching them. They, they, we, we love the nice cities, of course. But you also want to take them from time to time to something very raw. And it's also about what you do in those nice cities. I mean, sorry, one, of my, one of my best friends was telling me that he was in Paris and he saw one of his friends in the Champs-Élysées and he was like, have you even been to the Louvre yet? And he's like, and his friend was like, why would I go to the Louvre? And I'm like, what do you mean why would you go to the Louvre? <laughs> yeah. Like, there are hundreds of years of history explained in one place. In one place. Yeah. Like, but for them, it's like, there isn't, a, you know, there isn't a coffee shop in there that I can just sit and watch. So, but then yeah. the bigger question, Mashari, is can we blame that person yeah. fairly? Is that he's been conditioned to like that only? Yeah. He's been conditioned. Where's the street with the brands? Yeah. You know, where's the, the coffee shop that's open till uh, 3 a.m.? Because I'm going to wake up late and everything is going to. So that's the, the typical. But then are we, yani for me, just having the Louvre Abu Dhabi, and all these new aspects of, of the UAE that bring some depth and culture are beautiful yeah. for the new generation. I, I went Fun. the other day just to, because we had a meeting there, and just seeing students from schools being there, it was so refreshing. We, didn't have, we never yeah, had we that. Never had that yeah. We and you, we didn't maybe, but the new generation have it. And maybe those are the ones that will appreciate culture, history, openness way more than us. We had to push, me and you, we had to push ourselves to learn. Sorry. It was not just... By default. Yeah, yeah. You know, Very so, true. so people that are in our age range who only want to go to Champs-Élysées or uh, Knightsbridge, to, can I blame them? Or that's all they know? 
Yeah, you no, know, the, their kids did they? Uh, I'm sorry, their parents did they? Did they uh, tell them more about museums? I I wasn't. I was never mm. exposed to it properly, so I had to learn it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not easy. It's uphill. No, that makes sense. Very yeah. true. That makes sense. Mm. So we have. I have three questions which I always ask every guest. Mm. Um, what is the part of your culture that you grew up in that you carry with you always? I like. Uh, how hospitable we are in the Gulf. I think it's beautiful. I remember I went uh, maybe my first week in university in Boston. Mm-hmm. And uh, in the break, in the lunch break, uh, we went to the food court. And I was standing in, in Burger King's queue. Mm-hmm. And one of my classmates, by coincidence, okay, that's another topic. I don't believe in coincidence anyway, but <laughs> he was there, yeah, just behind me. So I looked back, I'm like, oh, you know, you're here. He's like, yeah, I'm just you know, grabbing lunch. I'm like, what do you want? He's like, why? I'm like, just tell me, I'll get you. I swear, Mshari, he probably thanked me six to seven times. It's just freaking Burger King. For yeah. us, it's like nothing. If I invite you to coffee, it's probably expected, yeah. which it shouldn't also be. But, <laughs> but you know, it is because that's how yeah. we are with each other. Yeah. But for them, it was like, oh, my God, man, thanks. I'm like, why? It's just a burger. <laughs> for me, it was foreign. Yeah. But for them, it was something beautiful. And, you know, when we have our guests that come, uh, whether they go to Kuwait or UAE, and we welcome them to our family and we eat, they love it. Mm. And it's so beautiful to to be so hospitable and welcoming and taking care of people. And so I love that. Amazing. Yeah. And what is the quality you most value in the people you keep around you? <laughs> oh, that's another podcast. Um, one thing? You can give me top three if you want. <laughs> um, realness. Okay. I think it's rare. Uh, Wait, define realness first. People think, every person thinks they're real. Yeah. They're not. Exactly. That's why I asked you to define it. <laughs> um, I think uh, being true and to, true to yourself is very rare. What you stand for is very rare. I, recently, I've had so many experiences and learnings from life and from people, and I was saying, I realized to protect and stand by your own principles takes some fucking guts. It takes some balls. You have to be brave to say, you know what, I don't want to be your friend. Why? Because I don't like what you are. It's so uncomfortable. Mm. i just saying this, and you can imagine it with certain people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll feel uncomfortable just yeah, to say yeah. that. But the more you're in tune with who you are and what you deserve, the more you'll attract that type of person. And the ones that don't apply, they don't apply to you. They might apply to another 100 people. But yeah. you're like, this is me. This is what suits me. And this is what I think I deserve. And you start filtering the ones that don't uh, fill those criteria. So uh, being real is being very true, mm. very transparent by who you are. You're not trying... To show off or have such an insecure Napoleon complex and trying to be somebody you're not. I, I hate that. It's such a turnoff. I think one of the sexiest, sexiest things, whether a man and a woman, uh, it's a, a human being that's comfortable in their skin. Mm. It's one of the sexiest things you can ever see. You might see a woman that's very normal looking, but she is so comfortable with who she is. She can dress in Adidas and look beautiful. She can dress in heels and look gorgeous because she's just comfortable. Yeah. She doesn't have to have makeup 24-7. One day no, one day yes. One, and it's just beautiful. It's beautiful to see that because I guess it's because it's rare yeah, for somebody to be at peace. So that's maybe the real 
It's a long definition, <laughs> but uh, that's an important one for me. I think loyalty yeah. is extremely important because I feel I'm very loyal to my friends. I automatically expect it in return. So you will get disappointed quite often, but that's what I expect. Mm-hmm. And I know I will get hurt, Yeah. but that's what I give and that's what I think I deserve. So I think loyalty is very rare. People shift and change and discard so easily today, whether it's uh, loyalty to their job or to a relationship or to a friend. It's just so discardable today. It's a very instant gratification world. So I think that's another very important thing. Um, Yeah, I think those two are very, very high up there. Okay. Yeah. And lastly, what makes you happy? Um, the first, once you, you didn't even finish the sentence, I thought of my kids. Uh, so I'll say my kids because it was a, an instinct. I love, uh, I think it's one of the most beautiful things. Uh, I was married for nine years and, uh, their mother gave us two beautiful, uh, children. And I think it's bizarre to just look at two beautiful creations that are like a mix of people with so different personalities, you know, it's, it's, it's beautiful. And, and children and animals give you that uh, un- in- it's uninhibited yeah. love that it has no... Unconditional. Like, <laughs> yeah. for example, if you get a dog, yeah. you could be the ugliest human being in your country. It will love you yeah. yeah, because you're just a nice person to it. And children are the same. Children can sense who's good, who's bad. And it's beautiful how they just love you. I think, um, um, I think, yeah, so, so people who have kids, whether even adopted, if you can't have kids, just adopt. My mother adopted one and hopefully one day I plan to. And now I put it on record. So inshallah, it happens. <laughs> yeah. inshallah. Um, children, I think. Um, also, what makes me happy is work. I am addicted to creating good businesses and yeah, serial entrepreneur with some guidelines. Yeah, yeah, I really love working. And people are like, ah, oh, man, you're working all the time. Yeah, because I enjoy it, you know? If you enjoy what you do, it's not work anymore. Yeah, exactly. So I love work and, and I love family and friends. So I'll, I'll, I'll summarize it with that. It's being around family and people who are really, uh, like, cherish their, their experience and their time, them, them giving you their time. It's very important to be healthy, I think. We have a, a saying... In uh, Arabic, heaven without people is not worth stepping into. And I think it's, it's a human characteristic to connect. You, not, you need to connect with people who, who like you and who you respect and they respect you. Yeah. Amazing answer. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's it. That's my last question. Thank you so much Thank for being for on, the, on the podcast and thanks for coming on. My pleasure. Um, Anis, where can people find out more about you if they don't already uh, follow you? And I'm everywhere, I think. It's all Anas Bukhash everywhere. Amazing. I have the same username. So thanks to everyone for listening. As always, I love your comments and messages, so keep them coming. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Rami, or wherever you're listening. Uh, join me next week for another episode of Millennial Mirrors. This has been a production of Finial Media, and this is Mshar al signing out. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.